Thank you. She's my favorite soloist that we have here. That's my mother, if you did not know that. And I'm going to grab my Bible, because that's over here. But uh, thank you for being a part of our service this morning. I want to again welcome those that are first-time guests with us. And I pray that you've been encouraged with the music and the worship this morning. And that you will be as well with the service And again, how many of you are ready? School starts tomorrow. For some of you, school started last week, but school starting tomorrow. Anybody excited? Teenagers are all ready and excited, and I'm sure it's going to be a good crowd this morning. Awesome. But uh, no, I, uh, I was always one of those kids. I always wanted to go back to hang out with my friends, not to go participate in class. And uh, it's about this time of the year. If you're involved in any kind of summer sports or activities, they have now wound down. If you have siblings and you're at each other's throats because it's three months of being in the same house, close quarters for however many days. And so school is back tomorrow. And if it's your son or daughter's first day tomorrow, we accept that you will cry and have a couple of tears and not know what to do when they leave. And uh, we don't have that this year. We have that again next year. And then a couple more years. But uh, um, no, school starts tomorrow, and I'm kind of excited. Uh, we have a school that's uh, going to be in our facility this year, so that'll be neat to see 100 or so kids running around the campus this year. And uh, I'm sure there will be neat things about it, and I'm sure there will not be so many neat things about it as well. But uh, I'm excited for that, and even just the opportunity that we have to minister to those folks that will be on our campus for every day all week long. And so uh, we will be in Jonah chapter 2 this morning. And if you've been with us over the course of a number of weeks, we started the series in Jonah about four weeks ago, five weeks ago now. And uh, we are going to continue in that. Um, We are going through the chapter number 2 today. And uh, I apologize. I completely forgot to put anything on the screen, so you're going to be stuck with that up there this morning. But uh, Jonah chapter 2 is where we'll be. Let me ask you a question before we get into the the sermon this morning. And I hope this is a good question to you, and maybe you can go back in your mind and, and think of this. But how many of you have ever set out to accomplish something and you reached or met your goal? Anybody? I hope everybody's hand goes up at least for one thing that you've done in your life. That would be kind of discouraging. I've set a lot of goals. I've never done it. But uh, hopefully you have met one of your goals. There's nothing like setting out a goal and then really accomplishing that goal. Maybe you, you, whatever that would be. It could be within your home. It could be a personal financial thing. It could be a job thing. It could be maybe you're in sports or whatever it would be. Maybe it's a, a weight loss situation. That doesn't happen until January 1st, so you've got a while before that. But whatever it would be, you set a goal and you reached that goal. How many of you, on the flip side, have set a goal that you wouldn't really tell anybody was a goal? Like, you did something. It wasn't necessarily a goal, so to speak, in your mind, but you reached it. Let me share with you what I'm talking about. I would say that Noah, or Jonah, Noah, Jonah, we're not talking about Noah today, Jonah did just that. Jonah was called and Noah, <laughs> it's going to be a long morning. Jonah was called in chapter 1 and verse 2 to go 
Actually, chapter 1, verse 1, he was called to go. Chapter 2, he did what? And he ran the opposite way. Jonah met the goal that Jonah was after. Jonah was after and his intention was to completely do the opposite thing that he knew that he was supposed to do. Again, you're not going to tell anybody. Jonah wasn't going around telling everybody, listen, I've got this goal. God told me to go over here and my goal is to do everything that God told me not to do. He didn't tell anybody that. Just like I have done the same thing in my life and I didn't go around saying, hey, listen, God told me to do this and I think it would be more fun to go over here and disobey everything that God's called me to do. But oftentimes we do those things and just like what God did to Jonah, we kind of catch ourselves in that same spot. Jonah succeeded in running from God for a short time. And then Jonah got caught. Jonah began to reap what Jonah sowed. And if you know much about the story of Jonah, Jonah's whole intention was, I don't want to go to Nineveh. Those people don't deserve God. They don't deserve to get the blessing of God. They don't deserve any of these things. Jonah thought Nineveh should be judged for how bad they were. And so now we've got Jonah... And we read last week that Jonah was swallowed by the whale, or the great fish, and he was in the belly of the fish. And this week, we see Jonah's prayer. Jonah was in a mess. Jonah was now faced with an impossible situation. Have you ever found yourself in an impossible situation? Most of us have. Where you look at the situation, you kind of do everything in your mind, you kind of play it all out. How does this happen? How does that happen? How in the world did I get here? But oftentimes, just like Jonah, Jonah found himself where he was because of what he chose to do. The decision that Jonah made caused him to be tossed overboard, caused him to be at the bottom of an ocean, caused him to be in that situation in the midst of of an impossible situation. And just like Jonah, we all kind of, we all find ourselves in the same spot many times. Impossible, it's an impossible physical situation, it's impossible mentally, and it's impossible spiritually. In verse number 2, in chapter number 2, and we're going to read through the whole chapter in just a second, but it says, And I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord. And that word affliction really talks about a physical, a physical impossibility or a physical danger. Jonah was in the danger of drowning. Jonah, Jonah was, was dying. He was in the midst of a belly of a whale somewhere in the middle of an ocean. And he was drowning. I don't know how long Jonah could have lived in the belly of a whale. But that's where he was, in an impossible situation. There was no door to knock. There was nothing. What do you do? How do I get out of this thing? Jonah was in the midst of an impossible physical situation. Jonah was in the midst of an impossible mental situation. Oftentimes, this is the worst part. It's in our mind. Could you, again, go back with me. Go with Jonah. Put yourself in that spot and think of this. He's at the bottom of an ocean, swallowed 
by a great fish. He's now in the belly of a, of a, a great fish with all of his mental capacity, with all of his physical capacities. It wasn't like he just completely blacked out and there he was. He knew what was going on. That's a tough mental place to be. Could you imagine? Put yourself in whatever dungeon, whatever place, in the midst of a belly, gurgling. I can imagine the the acidic whatever going on in that. I don't know. But I can imagine that's a pretty rough place to be. But Jonah mentally was in a tough spot. In verse number 6, it said, I went down to the bottoms of the mountains and the earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption. He was at the bottom and it says the bars were basically, he, he just felt like he would, the bars just closed in and, and he was, and I don't know how many of you are like claustrophobic or anything like that, but when you've been in a tight place and you're in a, in a spot and you just feel like everything's just crushing in around you. And that's pretty much where Jonah was. At the belly of this whale. Having all of the, the, the ability to think and to know of what's going on. Doctors say this, that suffocation is one of the worst, most terrifying ways to die. To die. And pretty much that's where Jonah was. He was in a place, deep, dark, in the midst of this location, mentally, he was in an impossible situation. And lastly, spiritually, Jonah was in an impossible situation. In verse number 4, it says, Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, talking to God, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. Many of us find ourselves in this spot on many different occasions. Jonah set out to do something, and he reached the goal that he set, which was, I'm going as far away from God as I can. And he was in the midst of that and was tossed overboard, now finds himself in the belly of the whale. And in verse number four, he says, I said, I am cast out of thy sight. Jonah was cast out of the sight of God. He didn't feel that he could reach God any longer. He felt that God had basically had that barrier. Have you ever been there? I've just done too much. I can't get to God. Whether you're saved or unsaved this morning, there's been times in my Christian life where I felt like I've just gone too far, that God will not accept me any longer. Maybe you're an unsaved person. You say, well, I've just done too many things and God will no longer accept me. This is pretty much where Jonah is. At the bottom of the ocean, swallowed by a whale, in verse 4, then I said, I am cast out of thy sight. So many times in our lives, again, like I said, Christian or non-Christian this morning, if you're here, we feel that we have just, we're too far from God. We can't do that. We can't. God would never love me. God cannot accept me. God can't. I've done all of these things. Can I encourage you and can I challenge you and can I tell you this morning? There is nothing that you can do 
where God will not love you. There is never a time in my life that I can get too far where I can't cry back to God. Now, yeah, there may be punishment, and yeah, there may be things that come from the decisions that I made, but there's always a moment in my life where I can turn back to God and say, God, I need you. God, I love you. God, I've, I've failed. God, I've done all these things. Forgive me. Help me. Listen, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, can I share with you this one thing? It's not anything that you can do, but it's everything that He has done. It's not a matter of you coming to a place in your life where you say, well, I've got all of these things in place and all of this stuff is in order. Now my life is okay and I can go to Jesus. No, He doesn't need your life to be okay. He needs you and He needs your heart to give it back to Him and say, God, I need you. God, forgive me. God, I realize that I'm in need of a Savior and I give you my life. And He will take the broken and He will take the hurt and He will take all of those things and line them up and put them in order in the way that He wants them. He doesn't need us to do that. That's my almighty God. But I have to first turn back to him. I have to first go to him. There's one thing that oftentimes I feel that maybe it's me as a pastor, but people, well, you've got your stuff together. Your life is this, and I've been told this by students when I was a youth pastor. Well, you and this little fairy tale life that you live, well, that's not my life. And I'm looking at this student, and I said, man, you have no idea who I am if you think I live a fairy tale life. Yes, I have a beautiful wife. I have four beautiful children. And yes, I, I feel that I have a, a great family and a great life. But my life is by no means a fairy tale where it's not that I have anything together. Because I don't. If you know me, this is a polished thing that I try to be and I try to make myself look more polished up here. But man, you go up to our office, it's like, uh, doggy paddle. How are we going to do this? Let's figure this out. Let's do this. Let's. Why? Because it's not that everything is perfect in line and everything's together. None of us are. My life is probably very close to all of yours. You're going to go home tonight. Husbands, you're probably going to say something smart to your wife. She's going to want to smack you in the mouth. And you're going to, oh, I'm sorry. You're going to have children. My kids are going to do something. I'm going to get frustrated. I'm going to, ah! I can't wait till you go to school tomorrow, you know? (laughs) But my life's just like yours. None of us have it together. And it's encouraging to me to know that I don't have to have it together. That God will take all of the pieces of Aaron Flanagan and so long as I allow him, he will take the clay and he will mold it and he will make it exactly what he wants out of me. Guess what? He does it to you too. And so Jonah was in this spot, and just like many of us are, we're in an impossible situation. And spiritually, Jonah thought, man, I've just gone too far. I've gone off the deep end. God, he can't love me. And we'll see this morning that Jonah cries back out to God. And and we'll kind of see this story kind of take a little bit of a twist and a turn over the next couple weeks. But just like Jonah or, or you 
If we go back and you look even at the end of Jesus' life, he said, what, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Jonah said the same exact thing. Why, God, why are you, you've forsaken me? We've said it. Many of you have said it in your own time. Maybe your quiet time or you're at home. And God, where are you? You've just, you've left me. We feel that we've just gone too far. We're hopeless, overwhelmed, desperate because we've became physically, mentally, and spiritually at a loss. We've been afflicted just as Jonah was afflicted. And so this morning, I, it is my goal to, to help us to get to this place to see, man, how do I, how do I get away from that? How in the world do I, I take myself to a, a, a better place, so to speak? And so if you take your Bibles, go to Jonah chapter 2. If you're already there, you may be. Would you go ahead and stand with me this morning? We're going to be, I'm going to read Jonah chapter 2. And then I'm going to read a couple verses in, in Revelation chapter 2. And we're going to tie these together as we go through the sermon this morning. But in Jonah chapter number 2, in verse number 1, it says... Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of hell, cried I, and thou heardest my voice. It's so great to know that God hears our voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep in the midst of the sea, and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight. Yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depths closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came in unto thee into thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will play or pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto them unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. If you would go to me or go with me, Revelation chapter two. Revelation chapter two. And we're going to read just a couple Verses of scripture here in Revelations chapter number 2. Verses 4 and 5 in Revelation chapter 2. It says this. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. And then in verse 5 is really the, the key to the points of our sermon this morning. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen... And repent and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. Father, I thank you. Lord, you have been so good to us. Thank you for the service or the songs this morning. Lord, I ask that you be with us now. It's in your name that I pray. Amen. And you may be seated. Thank you. But as we see the, the, the chapter here in Jonah chapter 2, we see that that Jonah begins to cry out to an almighty God. And the very first point, if you were a note taker, is Jonah remembered. And again, if we look at that chapter 2 and verse number 4 and 5 of, of Revelation, we see there the very first word of chapter, verse number 5 says, Remember, therefore, from whence thou art, fall, thou art fallen. 
And a part of us getting back to a place, a part of Jonah getting back to a place where Jonah needed to be, is that we must remember where we came from. We have to remember Jonah was in the midst of reaping basically what he had sowed. Jonah wanted Nineveh to be destroyed, and I went through some of this briefly, but Jonah was after Nineveh to be destroyed, Nineveh to be judged, and now he is getting punished. He is getting the judgment for what he had done. And one of the things that's so neat to me in this passage of Scripture, and I'm not going to go through all of this, but if you do your own study a little bit in Jonah chapter 2, much of what Jonah begins to pray and much of what Jonah begins to say correlates back to Scripture from throughout the Old Testament. Again, Jonah's a prophet. Jonah's a, a teacher. He's a, he's a preacher, basically. And so Jonah takes what he had had and known all of his life and begins to pray that back to God. As I was studying, one of the things that just kept coming over and over and over and over was Psalms. It just, everything that I would read as I would cross-reference would read back to Psalms, would read back to Psalms. And we're going to close this morning reading through a Psalm, but, but much of what Jonah began to pray was just Scripture. He begins to go back through Psalms and he begins to pray And as Jonah was unsure of himself and Jonah was in the midst of distress, Jonah always remembered or Jonah went back in his mind and it took him back to the thing that he had known, which was God's word. How many times in your life, I pray this is for you, but how many times in your life, maybe you've been in the midst of distress and you're unsure and you're not, you're unstable in your life and God reminds you, God brings back to your memory Maybe it's some scripture that you had memorized as a child. We have Awanas here within our church. And, and I remember being in Awanas and going to church and, and saying my memory verses for Awana. I remember I was so cool that I even got a trophy for saying the most memory verses at one point in my life. I don't know how old I was. I don't know that I know all of them today. But I go back... When I'm in distress many times, and what comes to your mind? Scripture. Because that's what you've hid in your heart. God's word says what? Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. And as I go through times in my life, as you go through times in your life, and as I've encouraged you over and over many different times to get into God's Word and study God's Word on your own and memorize God's Word and hide it in your heart, because it's in those times where we're in our most distress, it's in those times and we're unsure, it's in those times, just like Jonah, that Jonah begins to cry out to God and remembers the things of God. It says in verse number one, then Jonah prayed unto the Lord, his God, out of the fish's belly. And said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord. And he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. Man, Jonah had just thought that he had did the worst thing, that God was so far from him. But yet as he cries out to God, he pens down later, God heard me in the midst of my distress. If we go down to verse number 7 in this passage, and we'll hit this a couple times, but it says, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came in unto me into thine holy temple. 
God heard, but Jonah remembered. Again, we remember. If you go throughout your life and you think of a time in your life where, where things were rough and things were tough, you didn't quite grasp it, you didn't understand, and, and all of a sudden God brings things back to you. In Psalms chapter 46 and verse number 1 it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Man, in the midst of all of those things and all of our circumstances, maybe it's a loss of job, maybe it's a family fight, maybe it's a situation, maybe it's whatever it is, it's, it's, it's whatever. Your distress, your impossible spot, physically, mentally, spiritually, God's right there. As we choose to run off and we get caught, and to get back to where we were, we have to remember. I, I often go back to this, and, and I've said it, I've probably said it here, but in my Christian life, I have a mound or a, a mountain or whatever you want to call it, a faith of situations in my life that I've, I've gone through. And I can go to my circumstance and I can, I can look now at at my age, and I can look now at the things that I've gone through. I can look back with my wife and I over the course of the last 11 years, and I can go, man, these are things that God has brought us back from. And when I go through distress, and when I go through hard times, and when I go through all of these things, I can always go back to certain circumstances in my life, and I can go, God, you didn't fail me then. You're not going to fail me now. God, you've given me this mound, you've given me this hill, you've given me this mountain, wherever you're, you're, you are in your faith life, you've given that to me. And so now I'm in the midst of this distress, I'm in the midst of an impossible situation, and just like Jonah, you can go back to that place and you can go, no, God, you did it for me there, you'll do it for me here. Listen, Oasis Baptist Church hasn't lasted 51 years in Las Vegas, Nevada without any faith stories to go back on. And some of you can go back 30 and 40 years. Some of you can go back five years. Some of you, it's 10 years. But in your distress, in our church distress or any situation, we can look back and we can go, well, God preserved us in that time. God preserved us in that time. God preserved us in this time. He's going to preserve us now too. And we can do that as a church over 51 years. You can do that as an individual over the course of maybe your Christian life is a month or it's two months, it's six months, it's a year, 20 years, 30 years. But you can always go back and you can remember the things that God has done for you, for your family. And when I remember, I don't know, how many of you have lost something in your home? Any lost any? How about this? Men, how many of you have lost the remote? Never mind. How many of your kids have lost your remote? What do you do when you lose something? You trail back in your mind every place that you've been till you find, oh, that's, I had it here, I had it here, I had it here, and you go back and you find it. The same thing in our spiritual life. I have to trail back to where I went off track. This is where I failed. And I can go back and I can, re I can make that right. The second point this morning is Jonah repented. Jonah repented. 
I know in our society and in the day and age in which we live, the word repent isn't a very popular word. It's not a fun word that we like to talk about. Because here's why, and this is what I believe, and you might disagree with me. But in order to repent, I have to say that I am wrong. I don't like to tell people I'm wrong too often. I have a lot of pride. I have a bit of an ego, just like you. And I, I, well, I may have done, well, it may have happened like this, but, and we kind of use words that give us an out that we didn't really do it. No, here's repentance. I did this. I should not have done it. Well, in the society and the day and age in which we live, no one did anything. I have four children. None of them ever do it. The other day, one of them had one of our old phones that we tell them not to play with. And so they are doing their thing. And, and I'm like, hey, why do you have that phone? Well... She told me and she gave it to me. Do you know that you're not supposed to have that phone? Yes, but she gave it. It's never, yes, dad, I should not have the phone. Here you go. There's always an excuse or there's always a reason. And it's never my fault. Repentance stinks. Because repentance means that I have to say, man, I really... I messed that one up. I did wrong. I shouldn't have. I chose this. I did this. And I'm sorry, and I'm not doing it again. Repentance is a turn. Repentance is, I was going this direction. I was doing these things. Now I stop, I turn, and I'm headed in this direction because this is the right way to go. But in the only way that we stop and hit this point and turn to go this way is when we come to the realization that I need to stop and I need to turn and I have a problem. Alcoholics, drug addicts, any addiction of any kind, what does it take? I can help you all that I want, but it takes you to admit that you have a problem. It takes me to admit that I have a problem. Repentance, and I believe that word is hard, especially in the day and age in which we live, because it means that I have to admit that I have done something that I shouldn't do. As a Christian, it is remembering what God has done and then turning to go back to the things that we know. In verse 7 and 8, it says, When my soul fainteth within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple, they that observe lying vanities forsaken, their own mercy. But he remembered. He, he was, if you go back into verses 5 and 6, basically it's saying the waters compassed me. Uh, he was in the depths. Everything was closing around me. It says that the weeds were wrapped around his head. He went to the bottoms of the mountain, the earth with their bars. All of these things had taken place. And then at verse 6, at the very end, it says, O Lord my God, when my soul fainteth within me, I remembered the Lord. And the prayer came. You know, when we look back 
at Revelation chapter number 2. If we look at this passage again, this is, this is uh, talking to the, the church at Ephesus. And, and he said, hey, you know, things that you're doing are great, but here's your problem. You've lost your first love. And in verse 5 it says, first point was this, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen. And then it says to do what? And repent. I have to remember where I fell from. I have to remember where I came from. And then I must repent. Jonah remembered his past, realized that he was out of fellowship with God. He couldn't fix the mess he was in, so he had to turn back to God. Christian, it's awesome to know that I can turn back to God. It's awesome to know that you can turn back to God. This week, if it was a bad week, you can turn back to God. In the mess that we oftentimes get ourselves in, that we know we can turn back to God. If you're here and you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior... Let me just say it, and I'll say it again. You have the opportunity to turn back to God and to fix those things. How do I fix it? You don't. You turn back to God, and you say, God, here it is. God, I've done all of these things. I can't make right what I did five years ago. I can't correct it. I can't change it. I can't do anything. But here's what I can do. I can give it to you. I can apologize. I can seek forgiveness. God, change my heart. God, change me. Change my desires. I listen to a pastor on a regular basis. If you, you may be familiar with the name, but Pastor Johnny Hunt out of Atlanta, Georgia. And one thing that he says is he changed his want-tos when he accepted Christ. And his testimony is incredible, but he says, I used to want to go to the bar. I used to want to drink. I used to want to fight. I used to want to do all these things. And I accepted Jesus Christ and Christ came in and changed my want to's. I don't want to do those things anymore. We have that opportunity. And as we grow and as we come into our, our, ourselves and we remember, we realize that we had, we had done these things and we remembered that now we get to the place of repentance and we say God I don't want to do this change me that's that's all I can do is give it back to God and allow God to do it it's so much easier though to to blame others it's easier to to just say well you know I I, 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 was, I was there, but I really wasn't the one that did it. And, well, I, I remember, I, maybe I, I might have said that. Or, and we put these words in there to, that kind of allow ourselves to step out of the situation so we don't have the blame. Well, here's what I'll say this. And it, it's easier to make right than to live in the belly of the whale. It's easier to make right than it is to live in the belly of the whale. I don't know. Maybe Jonah would never change anything. When I get to heaven, we can, or you get to heaven, you can ask Jonah. Jonah, if you had to do it again, would you ever went back down into the belly of the whale? Go back in your situation. If you had to do it again, would you go through the impossible situation because of a poor decision that you made? 
you may say, well, yeah, that changed my life and it made me to do da-da-da-da-da. And I'm now a better person because of it. But what if we'd have just obeyed and listened the first time? Do you think God would have made us the right person that we needed to be? But oftentimes in that verse 8, it says, They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. My pride, my ego, my vanity gets in the way often and it messes me up. Point number three is Jonah's return. Again, if you go back with me in Revelation chapter number two, we see that there's a remembering. We see that there's repenting. And then in verse five, it says, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent. And it says, and do the first works. What was the first work? If we go back to verse 4, because thou hast lost or thou hast left thy first love. My first work is loving Christ. When we look back, we remember, we repent. And then God just said, hey, go back to doing what you know to do. Go back to that first love. Go back in a time when that was all that you did. Think about this. Maybe you can, you can go back in a spot. I know I've heard it. Remember back when things used to be like? Well, what changed that they're not like that anymore? Ask you, maybe, maybe it's in your home. Man, I remember a time in our home where things were just happy and peaceful. And I remember a time when we were at work and things were smooth at work. I remember a time when we were over at this place and things were just good. Okay, so go back to there and say, what happened? Why is it no longer good? Why has the family changed? Why has this changed? Remember? Turn? So I'm going to go back to that place, and I'm going to go, okay, I'm trailing it all the way back over here. This is when we were at our heyday. What was going on at our heyday? Okay, so how do I do that again? And you do it again. Most of the time, it's going to take you right back to this point right here. You're going to go back and remember your first love. How about you as a Christian? Go back in that time in your life. Maybe for some, it's going all the way back to when you accepted Jesus Christ. For others, it may be going back a month or six months or a year ago. And you say, man, I was so close with the Lord. I was reading. I was praying. I was studying. I was serving. I was doing all these things. And I just, my life was awesome. What happened? What happened? Why is it not awesome anymore? Go back to that time. Remember the way it used to be. Repent and then return. Maybe for some you used to serve. Maybe you still serve. Maybe you serve in our church in some capacity somewhere and you say, man, I just don't feel it anymore. Well, what's changed? I just don't do that. I, I just, it's just not what it used to be. So what is it? What changed? Man, if it's me, somebody come and tell me, Aaron, you've changed. I like the way you were however long ago. What is it? What have I done? But for you, look in your life and say, man, where was I? Why do I not read my Bible anymore? Why do I not pray? 
Why don't I study? Why don't I go to Sunday school anymore? Why don't I get involved in Bible study? Why don't I usher? Why don't I do this? Or why don't I do that? And, and, and get yourself to that place. Because some of you in this room, you say, Man, I used to do all those things. Now I don't do anything. Jonah needed a return. In verse 9, But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that, thou ha- that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Jonah said, I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. He said, God, I, I, whatever's needed. Do you remember that time? Do you remember the time in your life when you said, God, whatever's needed? And it may have been in a situation in the most impossible time of your life. And you're saying, maybe just like Jonah, you know what? If I was still on the boat, I'm not crying out saying that, God, I'll do anything that you want. But now I'm in the bottom of this ocean. I'm in the middle of this belly. And Lord, do anything that you need to do, but get me out of here. I am coming back to you. Oftentimes it takes those moments. To get us to that place, to get us to a place where where we're really willing to serve and where we're loving the Lord. And as we're kind of wrapping up this morning, I want you to think, this is probably, it sounds nice, it sounds good, it sounds easy. Okay, I remember that, I can repent. This isn't a thing that becomes emotional. We can sing, it is well with my soul, and we can get emotional. We can sing, I know uh, how great thou art, and we can get emotional, and we can do all these things. And oftentimes in the midst of emotion, tears flow, and I will give you everything. But when I return to my first love, it's going to come to a place where it starts as an emotion sometimes. But then all of a sudden, week three and week four come around. And I don't feel like waking up an extra 20 minutes early to read my Bible. I'm a bit tired. You know what? I don't feel like getting up to go to Sunday school. I don't feel like going on a Wednesday night to a Bible study. I don't feel like, I don't feel like, and almost so often in our lives we say those words, I don't feel like. This is where it becomes obedience and discipline. Obedience and discipline. Because there's always going to be a time when I don't feel like doing it. I don't always feel like disciplining my children. But obedience for me to the Lord, I need to discipline my children because I want my children to be successful and I want to train them up in the way that they should go. I don't always feel like reading my Bible. You're the pastor. That's right. And I told you earlier, I don't have all my stuff together. So there you go. But there's times I wake up, I don't feel like being Mr. Spiritual. If you're better than me, awesome. But I don't. It's those moments that it's not about the feeling. It's about obedience and discipline of my Christian life. It's about obeying the Lord. It's about doing the things that I know I'm supposed to do, not because it it makes me feel good, but because I know I'm supposed to do it. 
And returning to our first love sounds great. It sounds awesome. It sounds and it hits the emotional pull. And I could challenge you and I could pull you. We could, we could make everybody cry this morning and come weep and come down to the altar and have a great thing. But the reality of it is, when you go home today, it comes back down to obedience and discipline in my Christian life. Not the emotion and the feeling that's behind it. And so as we're going to leave, as we wrap up this morning, if you would, if you would go with me to Psalms chapter 107. And if you get there before I do, don't look at the end and realize there's like 500 verses. We're just going to go through a few of them. You're like, it's 9 or 11, 18. We're getting ready to read 50 verses out of Psalms. We're really not. But as we're closing this morning, I want us to think, I want you to think, and I want you to go with me. We're going to read a couple passages or a couple verses throughout here. We're going to kind of hit and miss and skip around. But these people were in trouble. They were crying out to God in the midst of their trouble. And if I'm to be honest, it's a lot like I am. And Psalm will go to verse number 6 and 7. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them out of their distresses. And He led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city of habitation. Now at that point, you might go, awesome, they learned their lesson. Go to verse 13. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them out of their distresses. Here we are again. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death. And break their bands in sunder. So the second time, they didn't learn enough the first time that they cried out to God and He healed whatever it was that they needed healing. They go through a few verses and then they just, in a short time later, they're crying back out to God because they're in the midst of trouble again. Do you have children like that? <laughs> Verse 19, Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them out of their distresses. He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Third time's a charm, right? Verse 27. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble and He bringeth them out of their distresses. 29. He maketh the storm a calm so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Over and over throughout this psalm, time and again, it says what? Then I cried unto my... Then I cried. Then I cried. I'm in trouble again. Have you ever been there? Amen. Why? Because we're people... We're human beings that fail. And over and over again, I'm able to cry unto the Lord and I'm able to, to fall on my knees before God. And Verse 43, it says, Whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. And if, if I'm wise, I observe the things of the Lord, I understand His loving kindness... And I know that when I fail, I can cry out to an almighty God. This morning, you might go, man, this, 
this doesn't make sense, or maybe it's not me. Jonah was in affliction. He remembered, he repented, and he returned. Can I ask you where you are? Are you in the midst of affliction? Are things just kind of up in the air as to, to what you're doing or where you're going? Your life is just, man, where am I? Maybe you're in between jobs or maybe it's just, it's not what you thought it would be. Maybe you've recently accepted Christ and you're thinking to yourself, this is not what I, man, I thought I was praying to God and things are going to get easy. Maybe you're in a spot where your things are awesome. Maybe you're in a spot where you're kind of at the, the start of a downward spiral. It's been a couple days since you've read. It's been a week since you've read. And maybe today you just need to remember to get back to where you left. I don't really know where it is for you. But just as we read throughout Jonah, just as we read there in Psalms, we can cry out. We can pray to an almighty God. He wants to heal you. He wants to wrap his arms around you. He wants to celebrate with your successes. He wants all of those things. But we have to remember. We have to repent. And we have to return. And so this morning, can I ask you, maybe you're in a spot where you need to remember. Maybe you're in a spot where you need to turn. You need to repent. You're... You're you're at that spot right now where things just, it's not there. You're in that place where Jonah was. God, did you leave me or are you even out there? I don't know where you are this morning. With every head bowed and every eye closed.